Okay, this is our believers meeting, February 13th, 2021. Amen. So let's turn to Exodus chapter 15. Exodus chapter 15. And verse 26. If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Amen. So the context here is after having uh, miraculously left Egypt, the Israelites traveled for three days in the wilderness and they had no water. And then they came to this place where there was water, but it was bitter. It was unfit to drink. Uh, so they call this place Marah, M-A-R-A-H, which, which means bitter. And so because the water was not fit to drink, it was poisonous or alkaline or something, uh, the people complained about it, and God showed Moses this tree. And he told Moses to throw this tree into the water, which he did. And when he threw this tree into the water, it made the water sweet. The water could could uh, then be drunk. It was no longer bitter, it was sweet. And this tree can be viewed as an Old Testament type of the cross that healed the waters so that they could drink it. So, um, and it's at this place where uh, the water was healed by this wood being thrown into it that God ordained and established himself as the Lord that heals us. Amen. So when you see the word Lord, which you do here in this, uh, all throughout the Old Testament here, the Lord, capital L, capital O-R-D, all in capitals, that's the Hebrew word Jehovah or Yahweh. And it's the proper name of the God of Israel. Uh, Jehovah means the self-existent, eternal one. Uh, God does not have to depend on anything or anybody else for his existence. He has uh, existed from eternity past, and he will exist for eternity future. And we can't really wrap our minds around that, but that's... That's just the way it is. He has always been and will always will be. He's eternal. Now this phrase in verse 26 that says, uh, the Lord that heals you in Hebrew is the uh, word, the phrase, Jehovah Rapha. It's translated, the Lord that heals you. Uh, Jehovah, meaning the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, and Rapha means heals or healing. It means to cure, to heal, to repair, 
to mend, to restore health. Now there's a similar kind of a root, a similar word, a variant of Rafa, Rofe, R-O-P-H-E, which means one who heals. And it's the Hebrew word for doctor. So the main idea of this verb, Rafa, Jehovah Rafa, is physical healing. Now, when God said, I am Jehovah Rapha, this is one of the seven redemptive names of God in the Old Testament, which reveals his, his attributes to Israel. Uh, the other uh, six are, I am Jehovah Rohi, the Lord your shepherd. I am Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord your righteousness. I am Jehovah Shalom, the Lord your peace. I am Jehovah Shammah, the Lord who is always present. I am Jehovah Nissi, the Lord your covering or uh, banner. I am Jehovah Jireh, the Lord your provider. Notice he said, I am. He didn't say I was or I will be. Uh, is the Lord still our shepherd? Yes. Is he still our peace? Is he still our righteousness? Yes. Then why wouldn't he still be our healer? Amen? So no one has the right to come along and, and uh, isolate one of these attributes of God and, and just pull it out of the hat and, and say, uh, he's no longer this. You know, he stopped being our healer. Well, if he stopped, then we need some scripture to support that. We need a, a, a number of scriptures to support that. I want to know when. I want to know where. I want to know uh, how he stopped being uh, our healer. So if, if it, you know, like many or some denominations teach that God's no longer our healer, um, then he could no longer be our shepherd, he could no longer be our peace, he could no longer be our provider. Malachi 3.6 says, for I am the Lord, that's the word Jehovah again, I do not change. So uh, he's still our healer. And if you want to give this a title today, it's the Lord our healer. That's what we're talking about, the Lord our healer. Uh, so it was here in this place, Merah, that God established himself as Israel's healer. Uh, Jehovah Rapha declares it is his nature to be the healer to those who obey his word, to recover to health, and to sustain health. So let's say this out loud. The Lord... The Lord, my healer. My healer. Amen. Now the contemporary English version says, I am the Lord your God, and I cure your diseases. The Names of God translation says, I will never, I will never make you suffer any of the diseases I made the Egyptians suffer, because I am Yahweh Rofika. The uh, Young's literal translation says, For I, Jehovah, am healing thee. That's present tense. 
I am healing you. That's right now. So there's no question that this is talking about physical healing. So is God still the healer today? Yes. Well, we say yes, but it depends on where you go to church, doesn't it? <laughs> depends on where you go to church as to whether God is still the healer today. There are various opinions. Uh, if the word of God says, I am the Lord that heals you, then what should we believe? We should, we, we, that's what we should believe, amen? So let's say this out loud. He is the Lord, is the Lord. who heals me, who heals me. The, Lord my the Lord my healer. So that's what we should believe and not what somebody else said. Now let's turn over to Jeremiah 17. Jeremiah 17. I'm going to be reading some from the New King James today, but it's not that different. Um, okay, Jeremiah 17, 14. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for you are my praise. Now the word save here in the Hebrew is the word Yasha. It's where we get uh, the name of Jesus, Yeshua, the Hebrew name of Jesus, Yeshua. That's where it comes from. And it means to rescue, to save, to defend, to free, to preserve, to avenge, to deliver, and to help. Uh, so the Hebrew name for Jesus, Yeshua, means he shall save. He shall save. And he hasn't just saved us from hell. He saved us from a lot of other things as well, which we're going to mention. Uh, the word save in the Greek, there are two words primarily, sozo and soteria, that are translated save, means to save, to heal, to preserve, to rescue. And this is the root word for the word savior. So, uh, it says, heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved. So healing and salvation cannot be separated from each other. They're connected to the same source. They're connected to the same redemption. They're connected to the same time and place at the cross. They're connected to the same will of God. And they're received the same way. But over the centuries... Uh, it, uh, along the way, these two have been separated. Which verse are you on? Jeremiah 17, 14. 14. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So, um, so millions of Christians are established in the fact that it's God's will for everybody to be saved. But when you bring up the subject about God's will to heal everybody, that's a different story. That's a different story in many places. But it should not be. Every believer should be just as rooted and grounded in the word and in healing as they are in the new birth. But most people are not. 
because they have not been taught that healing is part of our salvation package or they have been taught against it, just straight out taught against it. And this is why uh, in parts of the world where these third world countries where we would say people are not civilized or not educated, uh, you know, like in the Western world, that's why healings are much more prevalent there because these people have not been taught otherwise. They have never been taught that it's, uh, that God wouldn't heal them. They've never been taught that it might not be God's will. They've never been taught that miracles have passed away and that was some other dispensation. They've never been taught all this wrong information. So they are very quick. It's very easy for people to get healed there. They, you, you know, they come forward to receive Jesus. You tell them that Jesus died for their sins and he was raised uh, for their justification and that he also took their sicknesses and diseases and they also get healed. They get saved and they get healed at the same time. But in the Western world where we're more civilized and educated, generally speaking, healings have diminished in recent decades. And it's not because God backed off of healing, it's because people backed off and preachers backed off of preaching it. That's why it diminished. So this is why we need mind renewal to counteract what the devil through traditions has brought into the church for hundreds of years. So let's say this together. Heal me, Heal me. and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved. Because they're the same. Now let's turn over to Psalm 103. Psalm 103. Verse, starting with verse 1. Which Psalm is it? 103. Thank you. 103. Verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Underline that word benefits. It's plural. Some learned already. <laughs> yeah, some of you already got it underlined. It's benefits plural. There's more than one benefit to being saved. Amen. Our redemption through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus has provided much more than just escaping hell and going to heaven. Uh, if that was the only benefit, it would be great and it would be worth having. Absolutely. No question about it. But uh, it says all his benefits. So there are multiple benefits uh, to being saved. There's multiple benefits in our salvation package. And in verse three, he begins to list some of them. Um, who forgives all your iniquities? But it might not be God's will to heal you. Is that what it says? No. No? Uh, no, so how did this teaching get started? How did this teaching get started that it's 
that he forgives all your iniquities, but uh, he doesn't heal anymore. Where did this come from? Well, somewhere centuries ago, somebody prayed for somebody and they didn't get healed. They didn't get healed instantly. So in order to answer why not, they created a new doctrine that it might not be God's will to heal everybody. So every time somebody didn't get healed instantly, they would add to the reasons why they didn't get healed. And they would say, well, Jesus only healed people to prove that he was the son of God. Or miracles in the book of Acts were just to bring people to Jesus and get this church established. But then after the last apostle died, well, healing stopped. These teachings are prevalent in many churches. Now, what if you apply that same reasoning to be born again? Uh, what if you pray for someone to receive Jesus, but they didn't receive him? Does that mean it's not God's will to save them? No. No, God's word is the only source of truth. It does not change with time, and it does not change with the culture of the day. The Word of God is truth. It's the only source of truth, and it's not relative, and it's not subjective. Uh, Christian surveys today reveal that less than half, somewhere around 20 to 25 percent of Christians, at least in America, and that probably carries over to most of the Western world, does not believe that the Bible is inspired by word of the word by God, and they do not believe that it's the it's absolute truth. They believe it has some errors and some inaccuracies in it. Uh, now, this is among Christians. Uh, we live in a culture where politicians, professors, the news media, entertainment, and many preachers have decided that there is no absolute truth. They believe that truth is relative and it's different for each individual and it's just up to each individual to decide what the truth is. Uh, another term for this is called situation ethics. Uh, it just depends on the situation whether it's something's right or wrong. Uh, in this situation, it might something might be right, but in another situation, it might be wrong to do that. So it just depends on the situation. And this is a common belief, popular belief today. Uh, and unfortunately, among many Christians have fallen into this. But God's word is eternal. And it's true whether anybody believes it or not. And one of the great attributes about God is that he does not change. And the Bible does not need to be updated every few years you know, like a computer software or something. Uh, many theologians and atheists believe that Bible's out of date and it just needs to get with the times, you know? But this is not the way it is. The, the Word of God does not be, need to be updated because it's never been wrong. It's, it's been right, it's been perfect to begin with. So this truth is what gives you stability in a world that flip-flops in and out from one thing 
to another day in and day out. We can build our house on the unchanging word of God. No matter what storm comes, we can stand and not be moved. So let's say this together. Jesus has always been and will always be the Savior. And Jesus has always been and will always be the healer. Amen. So the truth is not based on who gets healed and who doesn't. The truth uh, is the truth because I am said it. I am said I am the Lord that heals you. So if, if somebody doesn't get saved, that doesn't mean it's not God's will to save them. And if somebody doesn't get healed, it doesn't mean it's not God's will to heal them. But many people... Uh, have based their beliefs on experiences or what happened to somebody else. And we cannot uh, establish truth on other people's experiences and what happened to somebody else. Uh, somebody might say, yeah, but what about so-and-so? Well, that's between them and God, and that's their business. So uh, we don't base our beliefs on God being the Savior. Uh, because of who gets born again and who doesn't. And we don't base our beliefs on uh, God being our healer. Uh, we don't base that on who gets healed and who does not. So our be beliefs are based on the solid truth of God's word. Let's say this together. God is a saving God. God is a saving God. And God is a healing God. God is a healing God. Uh, verse um, 3 here uh, says, Who forgives all your iniquities? The easy to read version says, He forgives all your sins. How many? All. All. So that means there are no exceptions. He heals all. Now, if somebody said to you, well, I just believe there are some sins that God won't forgive. I mean, there are some things that are just so bad. God just couldn't forgive people. You would never accept that. You know that's not true. You would never, you would, you would correct people. You would tell them that, that that's not true. So what does it go on to say? Who forgives all your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases? How many? All. 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 So if, if people, if, if most Christians accept that it's God's will to forgive all sins, uh, why do they believe differently about healing? Why do they believe that it's not God's will to heal all diseases or to heal all people? Uh, why, would, why would the same God treat them differently? It's because they haven't been taught they have not been taught that the same God who forgives all sins also heals all diseases. They have not been taught that. They've been taught something else. They've been taught he can if it's his will. Let's say this together. He can and it is his will. Amen. So somebody might say, yeah, but everybody's not healed. That's true and everybody's not saved. 
but that does not change the truth. Uh, I heard uh, some, someone once asked Gloria Copeland, uh, you know, what if you prayed and you, you were believing God for something and, uh, you know, you, you died before it came to pass? And she said, when I go up, I'm still going to be saying I got it and it's mine. Amen? So that needs to be our attitude. If that needs, we need to say it's mine and I've got it if we're on the way up. You know what I mean? So hallelujah. That's, that's how true God's word is. When this revelation begins to drop down in your spirit and begins to click, it will set you free and you will, can come to the point where you cannot be moved. And no matter what the doctor tells you or what you hear, any kind of bad news, you can look them in the face and you cannot flinch. And you can say, you know, what you're saying might be a fact and we appreciate what you're doing, but we know the truth about this. And by the stripes of Jesus, they were healed or I am healed or whatever the case is. Verse three in the voice translation says, Despite all your many offenses, he forgives and releases you. More than any doctor, he heals your diseases. Let's say that together. More than any doctor, More than any doctor. he heals my diseases. He heals my diseases. Amen. So we're not against doctors in medicine at all. Uh, they can help keep people alive with medicine until the Word of God can get down in their spirit and faith can come. So, so, you know, doctors and medicine can be used to our advantage to give us more time, amen, to get our faith built. But we should have more faith in God than we do the doctors. Doctors are human and they're limited and they can miss it, but God never misses it. Verse four, who redeems your life from destruction? This is talking about protection, and this is what we talked about in the last meeting. The um, contemporary e English version says, and protects us from death. This is talking about protection. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies? This is favor. Good things coming to you that you don't even deserve. The voice translation says, His faithful and tender love makes me feel like a king. Verse 5, Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. We don't want to forget that benefit. I don't care how young or how old you are. Amen? That applies to everybody. Uh, the New Life Version says, He fills my years with good things, and I am made young again like the eagle. Now let's turn to, uh, over to Matthew 18. Matthew 18. Matthew 18. Verse 14. Even so, it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven 
that one of these little ones should perish. It's not, Jesus said it's not God's will that anyone perish. And he was talking specifically here about children. Uh, how many parents have been lied to and told that God took their baby or their child because he needed another flower in heaven? This is religious hogwash. Babies don't become flowers in heaven. Amen? This is just religious hogwash. It's God's will that all be forgiven of all their sin, that all be saved, and that all be healed of all diseases. Everybody say all. all. Amen. This is the truth. Have all been saved and all been forgiven? No. Have all been healed? No. But we cannot determine truth by looking at other people's lives. The Word of God has to be our source of truth. Second uh, Peter chapter 3. Verse 9. 2 Peter 3, 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that how many? All should come to repentance. It's God's will that none perish and all come to repentance. Now the word repentance is just a Bible word that means to change. To change. Change from what? Change from being stubborn and rebellious and unbelieving and humble ourselves and submit ourselves before God and believe his word and obey his word. So here it says God is long-suffering. So he's waiting on us. He's waiting on people to change. He's waiting on people to turn toward him. Uh, so the, the key here is with us. We're the ones that need to change, not God. He's long-suffering. He's waiting on us. So when someone tries to tell you that people are perishing physically or mentally or uh, spiritually or financially or in their career and this is somehow God's mysterious plan you reject it you don't accept that for one minute you run the other direction amen it's not the truth we just read the truth it's not God's will that any perish in any in any shape form or fashion now let's turn uh, this will be our last scripture, I think. Isaiah 38, 1. Isaiah chapter 38, verse 1. So nobody is perishing because it's the will of God. So Isaiah 38, 1 says, In those days Hezekiah was sick and near death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, went to him and said to him, 
Thus says the Lord, Jehovah, set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Now that's pretty straight, isn't it? <laughs> that's pretty straight. God has told him he's going to die. Does this prove that it's God's will for him to perish and not be healed? No, it does not. And we're going to see that as we read the next few verses here. But God said it. God said you're going to die. You better get your house in order. You're going to die. That does not prove that it was God's will for him to die and not be healed. And we're going to, we're going to see, uh, let's keep reading here. Verse 2, Then Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall and prayed to the Lord and said, Remember now, O Lord, I pray, how I have walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. And the word of the Lord came to Isaiah, saying, Go and tell Hezekiah, Thus says the Lord, the God of David your father, I have heard your prayer, I have seen your tears, surely I will add to your days fifteen years. Now God told him he was going to die. Did he die? No, he didn't. God actually added 15 years to his life. Now we said that God doesn't change, and that's true. If you just read this on the surface here, it appears that God changed, or God changed his mind. But his word doesn't change, and his will doesn't change. Who changed? Hezekiah changed. Hezekiah changed. In verse 2 it says uh, he turned his face toward the wall and prayed to God when God told him he was going to die. So Hezekiah uh, got serious with God when God, this prophet straight out said if you don't you better get your house in order because you're going to die. Well, he got serious with God. And when it says he turned his face toward the wall, that was, that's the way of saying he turned away from everything else. He turned away from everybody else. And he turned toward God. And when God said to him, uh, get your house in order, you're going to die, he wasn't saying that was his will. He was saying, under the present circumstances, if things don't change, you are going to die. That's what God was saying. But Hezekiah humbled himself before God. I mean instantly. And immediately, immediately God spoke to Isaiah and said, Go back and tell him that I heard your prayer. I saw the adjustments you made in your heart. I saw that you repented and you turned toward me. And so you're, I'm actually going to add 15 years to your life. So God didn't change. Hezekiah changed. And because he changed, he didn't die. He turned back to God and he didn't die. 
Now his prayer didn't change God. His prayer changed some things in him. His prayer changed some things in him and it changed his heart. Verse, uh, and then after he was healed, he goes on here, uh, you know, he writes quite a long discourse. But in verse 19, Hezekiah says, the living, the living man, he shall praise you as I do this day. The father shall make known your truth to the children. So what, what is the truth? What's the truth about this situation? Verse 20, the Lord was ready to save me. That's the truth. The Lord was ready to save me. Save me from what? Save me from dying with this disease. Save me from dying with this infection. Sounds like it was a, an infection maybe that had spread throughout his body, maybe sepsis or something like that. The word save, we remember, we said is an all-inclusive word. It means to heal, to preserve, to rescue. That's the truth. That's the truth. When, when Hezekiah turned back to God, he saw that all along, God was ready to save him all the time. But he, he couldn't until Hezekiah turned back to God. Hezekiah is the one that needed to change. And, and he saw that God was ready the whole time to save him and to heal him. When he changed. So the Lord is ready to save every person on the planet. Is God also ready to heal every person of all diseases? Yes. Verse 21. Now Isaiah had said, Let them take a lump of figs and apply it as a poultice or a plaster on the boil, and he shall recover. So this was something natural that uh, God impressed upon Isaiah to tell him, put some figs on this uh, boil, this sore place. So uh, there was some natural assistance applied here to his healing. So don't let the devil condemn you about having symptoms or going to the doctor or getting some natural help. Uh, you know, once people begin to hear the word and he, hear that God is our healer and he will heal all people of all diseases, sometimes they begin to struggle and get in a quandary and think, well, do I just believe God or do I have this operation or do I go to the doctor and take medicine? The natural and the spiritual can work together and the natural will work better if you mix faith with it. Uh, you know, we need to pray and be led by the Holy Spirit and not just do everything everybody tells us to do with our body. Uh, doctors and nurses are human and they don't know everything. So pray about, pray about everything before you follow someone's advice or instructions. If you get a check in your spirit, don't do it don't do it or don't take it or whatever. Um, 
Be led by your spirit. You know, the Bible talks about having peace in your heart. If you don't have peace about it, then don't do it. Uh, Charles Capps uh, always said that medicine, taking medicine can actually keep your symptoms down and keep the pain diminished uh, and help you if you are in the word building your faith. And if you mix faith with it, the, the, the medicine, medicine can actually keep these symptoms down uh, while you get in the word and build your faith uh, to believe God for complete healing. So before you put that medicine in your mouth, you, you pray over it. Say, Father, I release my faith and I believe this medicine is only going to do me good and it's not going to cause any harm to my body in Jesus' name. Amen? And it will be even more effective. When you pray over it and mix faith with it, it'll be more effective than it would have been just on its own. So we don't have to struggle about this. Uh, in this case with Hezekiah, these figs uh, um, were a natural assistance to this healing process uh, because the prophet told him, take, take these figs and, and apply it to that and you will recover. So we don't know whether there were actual medicinal properties in these figs or if uh, it was just a point of contact that helped him to release his faith and receive his healing. But the point is, healing belongs to us and, and God is our healer. We have a healer, amen? That's the main point. So let's say this together. I have a healer. I have a healer. Unchanging. Unchanging. He was ready. He was ready. He is ready. He is ready. God is the one. God is the one who forgives all my sins. Who forgives all my sins. And heals all my sicknesses. And heals all my sicknesses. Amen. Amen. So don't ever let anybody tell you. It might not be God's will to heal you, or it might not be God's will to heal you yet. Okay? You reject that. You run the other direction. In Jesus' name, amen? God is still in the healing business. He's still in the saving business. And you cannot separate them, and they should never have been separated. In Jesus' name, amen? That's the truth. Hallelujah. Because that's what the Word of God says. And that's what we base our beliefs on. Hallelujah. Amen.